so we got one Jet Set Breakfast, that's a big, fat, juicy, what a beautiful track and upbeat as well. Well, my guest Nico Smith is online. Nico, good to have you on the show. Uh, we'll come back to Nico in just a second. I think let's just, uh, let's take an off-ramp. We'll be back. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. And we're going to be talking about all things motoring. So just make sure that you do send us your voice notes on 0614104107. If you have any questions or maybe you want to share some insight or maybe you've experienced something uh, with your car that you don't understand or you um, have, uh, you know, bought, uh, you know, the new brands. Uh, maybe also tell us how they've been faring in comparison to what we've always known. Look, we've always known our Toyotas are the most reliable cars, uh, but also the market has been uh, flooded by Hyundai's, which seem to be, you know, quite affordable and quite okay. And then, you you know, we've got the generics that have always also been uh, tried and tested. You've got your VW, tried and tested, Mercedes, tried and tested, uh, BMW, you tried and tested uh, someone sent me a little clip the other day talking about um, uh, there were four I think four uh, car owners so the the Mercedes guy says oh after a hundred uh, K's oh my car starts giving me a problem then the Hyundai guy says oh, after 200 kilometers mine you know I mean two 200,000 not 200 200,000 K's my car starts giving me problems and uh, the VW guy says, well, with mine, after 150,000. And then the BMW says, ah, what cars are you guys driving? Mine, after 50,000 kilometers, it's an issue. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with BMW. I'm just saying it was just something that was posted. But anyway, Nico, good to have you on the show. Hello, Bertha. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Great. Sorry, I missed the first part of the question. Um, <laughs> I only tuned in halfway through what you were saying. Um, so, um, uh, just start again. Um, um, yes. So I, I, I received a, a, somebody sent me a little, a little, uh, whatever clip, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So we had a Hyundai, we had a Mercedes, uh, we had a uh, BMW and we had a VW. Oh yes. We also had a Toyota in, in between, but basically, mm. uh, the, 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 the Hyundai guy, he said 200,000 kilometers. That's when he started uh, experiencing problems. And then yeah. Toyota, it was like 300,000 Ks. And then, um, Mercedes. Mercedes, it was, uh, I think, 100,000 or something. But the yeah. BMW guy was like, oh, what sort of a car? You guys driving mine after 50,000 kilometers. I'm already experiencing issues. And the, the, the caption was so funny. But I don't think it does mean anything. I think people are just having no. a little bit of fun there. Exactly. I wouldn't read anything into that. Um, I, I know uh, a while back, it was actually a few years back, there was a guy that had a Suzu Bucky. And I was driving, um, I think from Oatsworing to, to, to George every day or twice a day, and he racked up a million kilometers. Um, so actually, I, I, there are brands that are known for reliability. And they're sort of in the industry, um, if people talk about Toyota, they're synonymous with reliability. I would also say Suzuki and Honda. They're normally the ones that, that, that do quite well when it gets to reliability. But it doesn't actually mean that other car manufacturers aren't that reliable. Um, what is also a massive part of your reliability is how well you look after the car. If your car never gets to service, um, you're, you're going to have problems very quick. 
Um, well, not I wouldn't say very quick, but the, the problems will pile up, and you, if you don't replace the oil soon enough, that's going to be a problem with the engine, uh, as an example. And so the first thing with any car is look after it. If you get a new one, if you're servicing it all the time, if you're looking after it, and you're not just bumping it on curves and, um, you're, and you're not servicing it when it needs to be, you're going to have problems. If you service it, as the manufacturer prescribes already, that's a good thing. But you have to realize that once cars get past 100,000 kilometers, or let's say five years old, it, it's possible that there are always going to be things that give issues. That, um, you know, let's say uh, car batteries last a certain time and you've got to replace them. Um, the clutch might be an issue. So it can happen. But as long as you um, then try and fix that as soon as it's possible, uh, that'll actually make a difference. If you leave problems, they grow babies. And, and then problems become or grow babies with other problems. And then some issues, really, you shouldn't leave. If a car, let's say, the temperature goes up, that's really going to be very bad for the engine. So small things might be okay, but bigger things, if you leave it, it might actually become a problem. So my suggestion is, if you're buying a, a second-hand car, um, then try and get a car with a good service history. Um, even better if you know the person that had the car from you and you're buying it from them, that, and you know they look after the car. But a good service history already will make a big difference. And you know that the car has been serviced uh, at the manufacturer, as an example, or repeatable place it services the cars, and it's had all its services. That's already uh, uh, you know, something that, that helps quite a lot. You can also have your car checked out. So if you are worried, you can go to the AA um, or DECRA. Um, you take the car there, and then you, um, you, you actually have them look at the car, and they will go through the car from the front to the back to say, hey, um, that's okay, or... These are issues. Uh, it can, you can actually even also take it to uh, the manufacturer itself. So um, you can, let's say, buying a, let's use the example of a Mercedes-Benz. If you want to, you can take it to Mercedes-Benz to say, have a look at the car and just tell me what is wrong with the car. Um, so take it from the front to the back. So they normally have, each manufacturer would have like a, if you're buying a second-hand car, an 80-point check or a 100-point check or whatever they have, that will also check the car for major issues. But I'm a firm believer in this. As you look after the car, the car looks after you. Mm. I do have uh, voice notes. I think let's go to the voice notes. Let's hear what's um, what's up. Hello, Mr. Petrol Head. I would like to ask about the the buggies for JAC. How strong they are? Is it a, a good a good buggy to buy or not? Thanks. Uh, did you get that, Nico? Yeah. Was it was it Great Wall GMC? Um, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. GMC is great uh, wall motors. Um, so what GMC do is they they position the bucky, uh, their bucky at a more affordable price. So um, where you're looking at, let's say you're buying a Ranger or the Hilux, these are the best selling buckies. Um, when you buy that, it's going to be more affordable. So if you're buying a great wall motors bucky, it's going to be more affordable. So the starting price is around about 413000 they go up to, for the most expensive, double cab, about, let's say, just on 700,000. We're just below that. So the positive that you're getting is you, um, for the money that you're paying, if you're buying a brand new one, you're going to get some good features. Um, so the price point is, is a good position. The downside, uh, I would say, it doesn't have the name that, the, let's use the example of the Ranger or the Hilux has, or actually even other brands as well. So... Um, if you take the Amarok or the Navara or whatever, Asuzu, these have good names and they have names, a lot of them for reliability. So you're paying more for those vehicles, 
but they might trade in better when you sell them one day. Um, and you have a massive dealer network that supports you. So if you're in a rural area, then you've got to say, listen, what's the closest dealership where I can service the car? Because as you just said, servicing the car is part of looking after it. So um, I would say if you're looking for a price point and you get what you're paying uh, versus the rest, you're going to pay, not pay as much. But if you're looking at the name and the, maybe the future value and reliability, then um, the other brands still are quite strong in South Africa. Mm. I've got a question from um, Anonymous. It says he's been driving a Mitsubishi Twin Cab, which is about 15 years old and is beginning to give issues. Is it time to dispose or should I, uh, should he just uh, keep on fixing? No, you know, it's always such a difficult question, Bertha, because the, the best car is one that's paid off. But as the car gets older, um, things will, more things will be an issue and eventually you might have to replace it. And then um, if you haven't saved the money, then it's hard to, because you use it. So let's say you have a car payment every month, whatever it is. Let's imagine it's 5,000 rand you're paying every month for a car. And um, now you pay the car off. And now what happens is you start using the 5,000 rand for something else. And four years down the line, if you want to buy something new, you've actually started using that money and you haven't really saved it. But that's in an ideal world. And things are so tough in South Africa for, 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 for most of us that actually it's not that easy. So if I come back to the vehicle, I wouldn't necessarily replace, I don't know what the faults are on it. Um, if it's a small fault um, and you fix it, there are people that have kept their buckets for 25 years without, you know, and, and they're just looking after them and they keep on going. Is this your major vehicle, the bucky, or is it your secondary vehicle? Are you just using the bucky now and then? And if it's just, you know, for refuge, for instance. And in other words, it's not your, your main vehicle, you're going away with it now and then then, you, you know, consider keeping it. So um, it's a difficult one, but I would say if the faults aren't major and, and the vehicle has given you good services and, 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 and before and you, you know who the owners were and you've looked after it, then don't necessarily sell it to buy a newer one that will do the same thing. It's a difficult one. Mm. And then I've got another one again uh, that uh, says that um, um, I've got a car that uh, is giving me issues with shock absorbers. Um, and mm. I'm not so sure whether if I fix the shock absorbers, then am I sorted or is it something that I need to really seriously investigate? Yeah, so what, what, what shock absorbers do or dampers is the spring absorbs the unevenness in the road. So if you go over a bump, the spring is going to absorb that. Um, the shock absorber or the damper pushes the wheel down and keeps it down. So it stops the wheel from bouncing up and down. Um, so it has to do with the firmness of the ride. Um, but also it's going to affect the handling of your car. So if you don't replace the shocks, um, it might actually be an issue with other components in the car soon because they're carrying the load. So that could be a problem. Number two, that's seriously going to affect your braking um, and your handling. So if you need to brake hard or you need to swerve for something, the fact that the shocks are worn is going to affect the handling. It's going to affect the brake distance of your car. So um, as we said before, I'm not a big fan of leaving things in a car because they they grow more problems but of course it's also a financial issue do you actually have the money to to fix that but if it's in your means please uh, rather consider replacing the shops um as opposed to leaving them because it might create other problems for you
Mm. Um, I've got a message from Frank, but I think we're going to take a small break, Nico, and we'll come mm-hmm. back. But also just to let our listeners know, the voice note lines are open and also our direct line is open. Direct line is 086-000-2032 or send us a voice note, uh, 0614104107. And we're talking about all things motoring. We'll be back. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Yes, and he is online. So Frank has just sent us a, a, a message and says, um, Hi, Nico. I think uh, older uh, 123 and 124 Mercedes are very reliable, provided uh, they were serviced during their lifetime. Um, even the later um, uh, W204s are also reliable, but on a smaller uh, later model cars, I think Mazda and Toyota's tops. But um, are there any other front wheel drives? Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I quite liked um, going up with those uh, W123 uh, Mercedes Benz and 124. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, not that we had them, they were on the road, so we didn't have those cars. But um, there, there, there is something to say about looking after the car, exactly as you said again. Um, service history of the car makes a difference. Um, and there's actually lots of reliable uh, cars on the road, um, as you said before. Uh, the biggest thing is just um, a, a lot of us, myself included, um, can't afford a new car. So we buy a second-hand car. So for me, it's always looking about looking at the service history. So if I'm looking at a second-hand car, I just look at the condition of the car itself. So I'm walking around the car, looking at dents. If it's got lots of dents, I tend to want to walk away because... That means they haven't looked after the rest of the car as well. It's just dense everywhere. Um, so that's my starting point. Then I would look at the pedals um, and the seats. Are, are they worn? Um, the interior of the vehicle. Um, also, um, you can look for accident damage because it, it can also be the cars are resprayed and looked after. So normally, uh, one way to do that is to stand back from the car and look at the reflections of the door in the door. So in other words, let's say the pavement or whatever you have. Look at that reflection, and that should be quite smooth. Also, normally the screws are painted with a car. So if you open up the bonnet, and the screws on the right side, let's say it's a, it's a white car, are white, and the screws on the left side are silver, then that, that's been in an accident and something's been replaced there. Um, and then again, as I said, I, I try. The manufacturers nowadays, um, a lot of the newer cars uh, have uh, all their services electronic. Before, we had the book with stamps. So you, you, every time you service the car, in the car you hold, there was a book and then had a stamp to tell you the car has a service history. Nowadays, a lot of the manufacturers are actually have it electronic. So if you didn't know this, you can go with the VIN number um, and, 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 and draw up the, the information from the vehicle. But of course, there is things like the Poppy app. So you can't just um, grab any VIN number, go to the manufacturer and ask for a service history. They might not give it to you. Um, but if the car is um, standing on the second hand floor somewhere, um, I'm sure that um, whoever's selling the car to you, it shouldn't be a, a problem for them to say, have a look at the services. Mm. I've got Patrick online. Good morning. Welcome to Jet Set Breakfast. Good morning, sister, and good morning to Nika. Nika, just two questions quickly, brother. I've got a Mazda B1800, and uh, I was concerned about the tire pressure. Number one, what is the real tire pressure, Nika? Number two, do I change the oil after after uh, um, fifteen thousand, or do I change it after one year? Because I only do about a thousand kilometers a year with the buggy, uh, Nico. Okay, um, thanks very much. So the first one with um, tire pressures, uh, you should have a sticker either on the door, so if you open up the door on the inside, um, or in the fuel cap, 
a last resort or second last resort is your owner's manual because um, well, it's just a little bit more work, uh, but it should definitely be in there. Um, and I would stick to that. Uh, if, you, if you battle, you can do an internet search as well, but normally you'd have a sticker somewhere in the car or the owner's manual, and that tells you the pressures, and I would stick to that, um, even if they don't feel right. If it's like, if it, let's say it's 2.2 in the front and 2 bar at the back. I mean, I'm not guessing. Um, stick to those okay. pressures. Okay. Uh, don't listen to it. I've heard so many stories with people. Recently, somebody contacted me because their car had a problem with the tires being yes. damaged, uh, and that comes in the Rivia. And when I spoke to him, he was driving at pressures of 1.3, 1.5 bar on the gravel okay. roads because he said the ride was more comfortable. But that had actually Thank damaged you. the tires. So that's what I would say, number one. It's a difficult thing with the oil um, because uh, part of the fact that you're driving is going to be uh, the thing that, that corrupts the oil um, or, or has to do with the longevity of the oil. So if you're not driving a lot, um, you, I would still consider... Um, if you don't leave it for three or four years, uh, because again, um, oil is lubricating the engine. And if the oil yes. isn't in the same condition as it was, that's going to definitely affect it. So stick to the oil the manufacturers recommend. Um, and then, I mean, an oil tank isn't that expensive, to be honest. You just, if you can do it yourself or somebody helps you, you simply open up the sun plug, drain the oil, put new oil in. It's not going to be a problem replacing the oil every year. But if, if, if the money is a thing, Maybe maybe a little bit longer, but don't leave it for five years or three years. Consider doing Thank it you. as often as you can. Thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you, boss. Sure. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Bye-bye Patrick. Now. Let's go. Thank you, sister. Uh, have a good one. Let's go to um, a, a voice note. Let's hear. Morning, ACFM and Nico. Uh, my problem is my Opel Astra 2013 model. Uh, the cooling system. It started boiling um, and then uh, again I did replace the okay I took it to the mechanic then they check that it's a thermostat did replace the thermostat then they said it's a it's a sensor did replace the sensor and then they said um, oh once again it's still doing the same thing I'm not sure if I must replace all the cooling uh, equipment maybe I can get better because what I see on the on the on the audiometer, like on the screen, the temperature gauge it goes quickly to half uh, to the normal point. It doesn't show that it's boiling or it's uh, overcooling or stuff like overheating. Sorry. So is, can you please assist me there? Uh, it's a bit of a difficult one, Versa. If I'm honest. Um, okay. So my understanding is that. You've replaced the thermostat, it regulates the temperature of the cooling water um, and, and another sensor. Um, if your car, the temperature, if the gauge jumps quickly but stays there, as long as the temperature gauge um, is accurate, which I'm assuming, and it's not going to, um, you know, let's say it's in the middle of the gauge all the time. If, you, if it's in the middle of the gauge, it's actually not a problem. If, if the car is overheating, that's an issue. So provided your gauge is working properly, the fact that it moves there quickly uh, um, it's not the biggest issue, but I mean, if the car is cold and you start it and it jumps to the middle setting, something is not not right. Um, as far as the cooling liquid goes, um, not a bad idea um, uh, to t- drain all the cooling liquid, um, but you can't just put water in there. It's normally a mixture of glycol or antifreeze, as we know it, and water, because just water would create rust, 
and antifreeze stops. Antifreeze actually helps the, the, um, uh, lift the boiling point of the water and the freezing temperature. So the water is going to boil at a higher temperature, which is better for the car, and it's not going to freeze at freezing point, but at a lower temperature only. So um, I would consider with the issues you've had, rather start there, drain all the water, um, get the right mixture of antifreeze and, 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 and water. Um, I'm not, I, I didn't hear exactly what the vehicle was, but the manufacturer can help you, uh, and that's where I would start. And then, but I've had this frustration as well, I have to admit, as an owner, you take the car to your service somewhere, there's a problem that you fix it, then there's another problem, and they go, oh, now it's this, and then you go back, and now it's this. I'm always wary of those guys, if I'm honest, because I, I, I'm thinking this is really frustrating, maybe I should get another opinion. So sometimes, if problems crop up every time you take it back, maybe consider looking at something else. Mm. And is it advisable to, you know, normally when you take your car for service and they do everything else and um, when they do, you know, your, the tire pressure, they balance, they will balance. Is it then advisable to constantly having to check your pressure, especially if you feel your car is a little bit off balance, uh, you know, at a petrol station? Yeah, they don't, uh, they, they don't check your pressures necessarily and they, don't, they definitely don't balance the wheels, actually. Both. So when you service the car, and it comes in for a service. It's normally oil filters. Let's say it's a petrol car. Spark plugs, uh, filters, oil. Um, so it's not necessarily they're going to look at your tires. I normally ask them to rotate my tires. Every time my car gets to service, my tires get rotated. Um, um, and I check the pressures myself. Uh, I take that responsibility. Um, uh, yeah, because uh, So you, the best is check it yourself as opposed to... I mean, if you're servicing at somewhere where you know the person, for instance, where I service my car, they really look after me well. And I know, I know the guy well, the services in my phone. We have lots of conversations around that. And, um, so I know if I ask him to check the pressures, they'll be fine. But um, for most of the time, rather take the responsibility. I still check them myself anyway. Well, Nico, thank you so much for chatting to us this morning. And hopefully that we've answered uh, the relevant questions for, for today. And make sure you have yourself a great Saturday. Thank you. Have a lovely one yourself. Same to you, my dear. Well, we continue.